If you have found yourself here, it means you have chosen to think for yourself and to come up with your own ideas of what is true. It means that you are brave enough to break the norms of society and live by your own rules in harmony with Mother Nature. It means you have decided to explore the inner workings of your own mind and heart. It means to stand up where others have failed. To carry a wild heart means you hear the call and take action. As we call out, I am a wild one together as a community, we commit ourselves into the world to stay awakened. We help each other on this journey. Being a wild one does not require perfection, for it is in our imperfectness in being human that makes us perfect. As we unlock pieces of ourselves along this wild one journey, we will discover who we truly are. This community was created for that very purpose. It takes time to break away the barriers of bad programming. As a wild one, you will discover ways to unlock your heart and to hear your own inner guide. This is a safe place to explore yourselves. The tools and workbooks, healing sprays, helpful herbs and essential oils, quarterly and monthly box subscriptions have all been created to help you to unlock the wild heart that is within you. All that is required to join our community of wild ones is an open mind, an open heart, and a willingness to discover your true self. Welcome, my dear wild one. Welcome to I'm a Wild One podcast with mystic pop music artist, Michelle Vreeland. Hey, Wild Ones, Michelle Vreeland here. Welcome to another episode of I'm a Wild One with Michelle Vreeland. I'm just so grateful to have you guys here for the 16th week in a row. And um, it's just been such a lovely thing to be able to do these um podcast for you guys. I, um, I'm hoping that you're enjoying it. Um, and the guests that I'm having on here, I'm always open to hear more of your ideas on what guests you would like to have on this podcast and people you would like to hear from, um, or that, that you would like me to interview. I, um, this week has been kind of a tough week where I had all these ideas of what I wanted to talk about, um, and I think I got kind of the case of the overloads <laughs> in terms of like, oh my gosh, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. And, um, I ended up not talking about anything. <laughs> Do you guys ever have that where you have so many creative ideas and so many things where, um, and projects you'd like to do, and then you end up doing none of them <laughs> because there's just too many things you want to do. Well, that's kind of how this went this week where I had a lot of different ideas planned and um, I um, 
I, um, I can't settle on one. So, <laughs> so we'll just see how this one goes. We'll see what, um, needs to be talked about today. Um, but I'm thinking maybe I'll recap on what we talked about before we talked about, um, wild food. Um, I had a special guest last week, um, Suvana, um, oh, sorry, Susan Nielsen Govana, um, Govia, sorry, Govia. And, um, and we learned a ton of stuff. I even made a, um, a PDF for you guys, like a mini ebook where it's got 12 different wild foods. Um, part of the reason why, and if I haven't made that clear already, um, that I really would love you wild ones to study, um, the world around you and the plants that exist around you, um, is to learn that you're not alone. Like when you start learning that, you're constantly surrounded by medicine and beautiful, loving, free power of plants. It really does help raise your level of um, stability and safety and gratitude. And it helps you to feel less fear-based. And that's why I think um, as part of being a wild one, it's important to kind of look at the world around you. I was talking to another wild one earlier um, this week and she was talking about where she goes on walks and she loves flowers and she really wants to be surrounded by flowers and from the um you know from having them in beauty products and having them um you know in her home and I'm like you know you should really learn about flowers when you're on your walks because she actually takes um photographs and pictures of them and um and I said you should really learn about them because I bet it's just going to enhance your um, um, your connection to flowers. Cause you obviously have this connection. You should nurture it and, 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 and make it grow. And, um, she liked the idea. So I'm hoping that she's doing that because I just really believe in connecting to the world around us as much as we can, because I really do think that in times of crisis and times of fear and times of scarcity, when we know that this earth provides outside of a grocery store, outside of um, um, what the government gives us, we have a sense of um, stability that is just naturally instilled inside of us because we know that this earth is providing. Um, so I know for me, it's been an unexpected blessing for me, I didn't know going into it like three years ago when I started studying wild food and and that whole thing that it would give me that sense of um, groundedness and that sense of um, peace. I had no idea um, that because of this pandemic that that type of knowledge would give me a sense of peace. And um, and I just wanted to share that with you and to instill that into you guys um, out there. And um, so I just wanted to go over that a little bit and to remind you that there is a PDF of the wild food and to maybe go back um, to last episode and have a listen and download the PDF and look around when you go on a walk next time and see if you can find these plants and just see what's around you. I know that I've been on many walks just in my own neighborhood looking for what is edible around me. And I have found more plants that are even on that PDF that I know that are edible for me. And I know when to harvest them and I know what I can do with them and make with them. And it just, 
not only is it kind of a hobby of mine, but it just gives me an unexpected sense of peace. And I just wanted to share that little bit with you. Um, and, um, yeah, so, yeah, so there's that. And then, um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was, um, perception. You know, people have, um, their own ideas of what they think and, and their own points of view. And I know there's been a lot of conspiracy theories about what's going on with this time. And I'm not saying that none of them are true, but I really do believe that we shouldn't be focusing on the conspiracy theories right now. We shouldn't be going down those rabbit holes because I don't think they're going to give us a sense of peace and stability. And I'm not saying we should be ignorant. I'm not saying that either. But what I'm saying, if if you're let's say you do believe some of these conspiracy theories, you know, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to organize? Are you going to show up somewhere? Are you going to do what you can to fix the problem or fix it? Or are you just going to start posting on Facebook, creating more fear for yourself and for those that read your post? I mean, what are you doing? So you kind of have to take a stance here where it's like, okay, well, how am I being the most productive? How can I be the most productive during this time to my community and to my family? And start thinking about that. Um, for a minute. And, and truthfully, a lot of these conspiracies, I don't believe are even true. I think that they're just really blown up. And, um, and I'm not saying there isn't secret things that go on behind, you know, the bulk of us back. But I'm just saying, you know, for your own sanity, for your own way of being a wild one, just focus on the bubble that you can control, focus on the world that you have control over. And from that, you're going to find a level of peace. You're going to find a level of calm. Just focus on your bubble. Focus on what you can do. And I know for me, that's the route that I've chosen to take, you know, because I like to be practical in how I approach um, my life and how I approach situations and, and things. And, um, and it's important to be really grounded and it's important to look around us and see, okay, well, how can I be of service, even though I'm in lockdown, even though I'm, I can't really do much. Some of us, some of us are actually on the front lines, like my brother, he's on the front lines, he's on a COVID floor, um, every day. And he's dealing with a lot of, you know, madness from that. And so we need to be thinking about how can we be of service? Like for instance, my brother's on the COVID floor. Okay. So I'm a healer, right? And even though he's a religious person and, you know, holistic healing isn't his go-to, it's like, well, I'm your sister and I'm a healer and let me do what I can do, you know? So I've been sending him Reiki every day. I've been doing little mini Reiki treatments on him every day. And he's been telling me that he's been feeling it. He's been noticing that he has more energy. He's been noticing that he's um, a little more alert and that... um he doesn't know what it's doing, but it's doing something, right? <laughs> and that makes me feel good. You know, it allows me to be of service, you know, in the way that I know how to be of service. And, um, and that's what I want to get you guys thinking of, like, how can you be of service during this time? Whether it's, you know, getting on Zoom and talking um, to people who are lonely, you know, like there's a lot of elderly people that are alone, and they don't have anyone to talk to. And there's also a suicide hotline where they need volunteers.
to help people from, you know, doing something harmful to themselves. So instead of thinking about how your world is changed and how you don't have this, you don't have that, start thinking about where can you be of service with the gifts and knowledge that you have already? Where can you be of service to your community right now? Because we really need to start thinking about um, how we can, you know, be of service. I know I've said that a million times, but I really do think that um, it is a way to get through these tough times. It's also a way to feel useful when you don't feel useful and, um, and, and just take it all day by day, you know? Um, and then the other thing is, um, people have been talking about, well, what have you learned during this time? You know, have you guys learned a new thing? (laughs) And I think that's actually kind of cool. Like some people are learning, you know, a new skill. They're learning how to knit or they're learning how to cook or they're learning how to, um, you know, take an online class, you know, where they're learning to specific topic or a specific skill. And I think that's kind of cool, you know, to, um, to take time to do that. But I also think it's kind of cool to just do nothing. I think that's cool too. Like if you need to be in stillness and you just need to kind of like check out a little bit and just not really do anything and, and regroup, rewire, we refigure out yourself that's totally cool too. I think that's cool. And, um, and allow yourself, you know, to be with yourself, to be in silence, you know, with you and, uh, learn what makes you tick, you know, by communing with you, with yourself. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, I know I've quite enjoyed the alone time, even though I'm not quarantined alone. Um, But when I do get moments alone, I quite enjoy it. And I quite enjoy not having the hustle and bustle that normal life does to us where no one has time for each other anymore. I kind of don't miss that. Like, oh, I've got this going and that going and this and I don't have time. Like, I remember it's gotten so bad where... um, I don't really hang out with anyone anymore because people don't have time anymore. They have time now. They're forced to have the time. And, um, and some people, and I don't mean to diminish. I hope you're not, you don't get the idea that I'm diminishing those who have the virus and are dealing with this horrible thing. And that and that have had families that have lost. Um, so I don't want you to think I'm diminishing that at all, but, there are a great amount of us, millions and millions of us that are, that are, that don't have the virus and, and we're kind of twiddling our thumbs going, well, what's next? Like we got to figure out what's going on, you know, because businesses are shutting down and all kinds of weird stuff's going on in the world. Everything's changing, you know? So we're having to regroup and refigure things out. And some of us are angry and we're protesting and some of us are just like in shock and some of us are you know, just dealing with it the best way that they know how. And that's another thing to really keep in the back of your mind because everyone is going to have a different opinion, including your family and your friends and people that you know. They're going to have different opinions on it. And you have to understand that this is a state, this is a, a state of grief that we're all in as a nation, as a, as a, as a global community. Like we're all in grief. Because the world that we all knew is gone. 
and we don't know what to do. So you, so let's be kind and patient with each other during this period of grief. And remember, everybody grieves differently. Everybody grieves differently. Everybody responds to grief differently. So don't judge people too harshly if they're out there protesting or if they're not protesting or if they're posting, you know, you know, conspiracy theory um, posts because they're afraid or if they're just at home dancing to TikTok and making light of it all or they're posting funny memes, you know, of, of um, lack of toilet paper and lack of, you know, things. Don't judge other people and how they're responding to this crisis because we're all in grief and we're all responding differently and we're all responding in the way that helps us to cope. So let's just remember to be patient with each other and to be patient with this process because it is a process and it is grief. We're all going through change and we're all approaching it in different ways. So, um, I just wanted to remind you of that and, um, and to, uh, um, discuss that a little bit. And then, um, the other thing is, uh, I was thinking about, cause like the other thing that came up this week is, um, I was thinking about, um, Reiki, or I guess I'm going back to Reiki, because I actually taught my first student this week, because I've been a Reiki master for two years now, and I haven't um, taught a student, and it's partly, it's not because people haven't asked, people have asked me, but it's partly because I've been afraid to step out and be a teacher, like I didn't feel ready, or I didn't feel worthy, like to be the teacher, and this week I got to experience being a teacher, you know, via Zoom, you know, and I got to tell you, even though I had, I was still kind of afraid, like, oh my gosh, am I going to do a good job? Is it going to get done? Is this class going to be any good? You know, it actually ended up being amazing. And it was amazing for her and it was amazing for me. And that was something that I really stretched myself to do. And it felt really good to do it. And I actually energetically felt really good afterwards. Like, oh my gosh, this is really nice. And it kind of re-enlightened my, um, feeling towards the Reiki energy, which, um, you know, it's empowered it. Like I feel very empowered, um, with the energy and, and I feel grateful to have it in my life and to be able to use it, um, to help others and to help myself and to heal myself and to heal others and to share it. And, um, so that's the other thing is that I pushed myself outside of certain boundaries that I was afraid to go out of before. And so it felt good to be able to do that, you know? And, um, and so I just wanted to encourage you to stretch your legs into something that you've been thinking about doing or wanting to do, but for whatever reason, you had all these hesitations towards it. Um, stretch yourself and do it and see what happens if you do it. And we have the time, you know, and, um, and we have, I mean, if those of us that aren't sick, you know, we should really learn to 
appreciate the time that's being given to us to, to, to the best of our ability. And you know what's been kind of on my mind as well during this time is um, what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? Like, because a lot of people in the world, not to be morbid, um, but, you know, vast amount of people are just going. They're, they're leaving the planet, you know. And I started thinking about, well, okay, well, let's say, what if it's my turn? You know, is there a legacy that I'm leaving behind? Is there a catalog of work that can be left? Um, is there journals? Is there images? Is there a life left that I can be proud of? if it was my turn to come. And I think also what this um, pandemic is doing for all of us is, is it's giving us a glimpse of um, our legacy in, in, in terms of something were to happen to us. What are we leaving behind and what can we do to, um, you know, rectify that it, in terms of like, like for, for me as a Virgo, I like to be very organized if I can. I'm not always, but I started thinking about, cause I have all these ideas for songs. I have all these ideas for a lot of things. And one of the big legacies that I would personally like to be leaving behind is my music. I would love to be able to leave behind my music. And I have so many unfinished songs and I have so many songs that are unreleased like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm really good at writing the songs and coming up with the ideas, but not very good at releasing them. <laughs> it's partly because I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe I have energy blocks towards it. I have no clue. Maybe it's a financial thing because it does cost money to release music. And I don't mean just like, oh, okay, it's on Spotify, this and that. That's pretty easy. But, I mean, releasing music to where people can hear, to where you get it in front of an audience, that costs money. You know, even if it's on a niche or small scale, it still costs money. And I just haven't had the extra stuff to do it in that way. And, um, and my other way of doing things is selling copyrights um, to production music libraries. And what they do is they buy the music from you and then they, they use the music for licensing deals and then you get a royalty from that, plus the money that you make from the sale of the copyright. And so I was doing, I do that as well. And, um, but in terms of like releasing to fans and this and that, that requires, you know, the record label, which is my record label to have some money to be able to do it. There is a budget that, that needs and other independent artists that I know that release music, you know, independently, but in but in a real way where it makes a difference, they need at least like 30 grand, like 20, 30 grand, you know? And so it's hard if you don't have that to be able to release because it helps you to make money. It helps you to make your money back, you know, your investment back because it's a big investment, you know? But um, that's partly why. But, but I also believe that I haven't been, like if I'm being really honest with myself, like if I look at my whole catalog, of music from from the 90s you know I have so many songs that are still on tapes that haven't been released you know from the 90s and um, it's because I haven't created a process I've been so busy with life work being a mother all these things 
that you forget to create to have a creative process where okay, I'm going to do this um, aspect of my creativity and then I'm going to send it through a, a, a money-making funnel where this is where it goes and then um, and then at least it's somewhere where it can do something as opposed to just being underneath somebody's bed or hidden in a computer somewhere, you know? And so I've been thinking a lot about that. Like, okay, well, if something were to happen to me, I would love to make sure that I leave my legacy behind and that people have access to the music. So if they want to release it and make money off of it at a future date, that's fine with me, you know, to leave, you know, for family and my loved ones. Um, so I wanted to bring that up, not to be morbid. And I know it's a morbid conversation, but you know, what is your legacy? Like, what do you want to leave behind for your family and your loved ones? You know, what would you want them to remember you by? Like, you know, and start organizing it so they have access to it in some way, shape, or form, whatever it may be. And um, so I've been thinking about that. And um, and I've just been um, just tr been trying to get through it. <laughs> just like you, just trying to get through it. But at the same time, you know, I'm doing these podcasts every week as and I'm doing, um, still getting some interviews in and I'm still like hustling the best of my ability, but it has been hard because I've had to do pandemic -y things, you know, like, you know, I did, I'm in charge of the shopping in the homes, have to make sure we have everything we need and, and, and I'm going to be starting a garden soon, you know, like a sustainable garden, you know, so like, okay, we've got tomatoes, we've got cucumbers, we've got lettuce, you know, that kind of thing to where if we ever have like a fresh food so shortage and, you know, the, the garden can sustain, you know, so I'm, I'm doing that. And so there are things that I'm doing and all of that. And, um, but I just wanted to get us thinking, you know, part of being a wild one is, is thinking, get your thinking cap on, start thinking outside the box Learn to see the world with a new set of eyes. Learn to see situations with a new set of eyes. Use your critical thinking here. You know, think outside the box. Recently, I thought there was only one way to get federal money during this pandemic, you know, because everyone kept talking about it on the news. Like, oh, all the big businesses took all the small business loans. It's awful. You know, like that whole thing. And so, and even I went on there to try to get a loan and it was gone. This is like the first rounds of it. And then I found this guy from the nineties, right? He had this like, um, infomercial and he wore this crazy suit, you know, with question mark numbers on it or no money, add money icons on his suit it was a green suit with money icons. And his name was Matthew Le Lesko, right? And he was really big in the nineties because for these infomercials and he was selling a book of, for government grants that are available to average people. And now fast forward 20 years, 20 plus years later, he does an online membership and that's where, and he goes on Facebook live every week or every month. And you're able to kind of pick his brain and join his membership club and he had all these ideas. He put out a free video just on his page on Facebook. And he had all these ideas of 
where you could get money. And he's telling people, he's like, this is the biggest government money grab in U.S. history. And he's right. This is the biggest government money grab in U.S. history. And so he had, he was in this 45 minute video, he, he labeled off like 12, I don't know, maybe 20 different government agencies where they were doing grants or doing small business loans or helping average Joe's out and helping with rental assistance. And he had all these ideas and I actually wrote them down and I Googled them and and I was able to apply to like three different things that weren't even related to the original big, you know, billion dollar, you know, small business loan buyout. They were like other things. And he got my creative brain, my critical thinking brain, my wild one brain. He got it thinking. He got me thinking like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about going to my um my district supervisor, I didn't even think about calling him up and asking him about this or asking about that or going to my county and or going to the state government. I mean, there's all these different things going on right now that are there to help the American people and not just small businesses. They're there to help people like average people who, you know, who need the help. And so if I was very rigid in my thinking and I was very negative, like, oh, well, the big corporations took all the money and that was where my brain stayed. Like if that's all I ever thought about and then I was focused on spreading, you know, you know, conspiracy theories. Oh, the man's got us. We're all programmed. You know, 5G is killing us. The virus is fake. You know, like all this stuff. Like if I was caught up in all of that, there's no way that I'd be able to be focused on solving my problems, you know, and, and, and looking at where I could fix a particular solution, like where I could create a solution and fix it. And that's why I believe that focusing on conspiracies is unhealthy for you because it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It really doesn't. What matters is that you take care of your world, the people around you, the people you love yourself and you look for support in that arena because right now the government is offering a lot of support to help people book and they're doing it and it's not a handout they're doing it to to recirculate the economy that's why they're doing it because they know that if they give you 10 grand you're going to put it back into your community you're going to buy this you're going to buy that you're going to do this you're going to do that and you're going to boost the economy back up. You're going to hire an employee. You know what I'm saying? That's why they do it. It's not a handout. Like here's some free money and go, you know, do whatever with it. I mean, it's, it's, I guess you could do whatever with it. It would be dumb of you to do whatever with it. Be smarter if you took that money, built something with it. And then you, you know, you build your own business, you grow something and then you boost the economy at the same time. That's why they do it. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't want to take government handouts. It's like, well, do you not understand? Like you're doing the government a favor if you do, because you're boosting the economy. You're paying it back into a system that you so love so much, right? Like you love having, you know, businesses open. You love being able to go to the grocery store, right? You love being able to do the things that you love to do. 
So if you have money to do those things, you're boosting the economy. You're getting it, you're jump-starting it back up. And that's why they do it. That's why they give money away. And, and if you're an average Joe like me, and you're not a big corporation, then I highly suggest you go out there and get it because these rich guys, these big governments, they know all about it. And they take advantage every of every government grant they can think of, you know, because they have teams of people scouring for this stuff, right? And why not you? Why not you? Why not? Because you're just as valuable. You're equally as valuable, if not more, than some big corporation, you know? Why shouldn't you be able to survive during this time, you know? Boost yourself up boost the economy back up, you know, being a good citizen of the world. Why not? So I highly look into getting into that. I'll, um, in the show notes, I'll post a link to that video and hopefully it'll help the Matthew Lesko video. It's a free video he did on Facebook. He, he rambled off a bunch of government sites that were extremely helpful to me. I actually applied for like four different grants from four different agencies <laughs> that I wouldn't have thought of before. I telling you, I wouldn't have, um, his brain is a beautiful one and he loves to serve his community and he loves to serve people that need it the most. And, um, and look for the helpers. It's like that saying from Mr. Rogers, look for the helpers. Like, yeah, there's a lot of bad in the world, but there's also a lot of good and look for the helpers, look for the helpers in your life and be grateful when you find one, be grateful that you found one and, and say thanks like wow thank you I found a helper and it's helping and it's 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 giving me hope it's going to make a difference so I wanted to bring that up to you guys because I always try to give you value I always try to help to um, talk about topics that I think will make a difference hopefully make a difference in your life um, I do appreciate you being here and I appreciate you being a wild one and if you really do love these podcasts, consider um, donating to my Venmo or to my PayPal me. It's in the, um, in the link below. And um, if you can't donate right now, I totally get it. If you can share it um, wherever you can share it, um, like it's nice, comments are nice, sharing is amazing, um, makes a huge difference. And um, I also have a shop at IamAWildOne.com and there's different things in that shop. Um, there's aura sprays and there's all kinds of, um, there's t-shirts and I've worked really hard on the designs and putting them together, um, for you guys, just to remind you to stay free thinking. <laughs> and, um, and I really hope, um, this makes a difference to you. And I hope that, that this podcast brings just a little bit of light in your world, um, and I really do hope that um, your wildest dreams come true. I really do. I really do. I love seeing people's wildest dreams come true. You know, I just think it's amazing. And, um, and thanks again for being here. And, um, and many blessings to you, wild ones. Bye.